Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 178. We're going to talk about teaching your players to take better care of their equipment. I guess teaching players and parents to take better care of their equipment. Before we do that, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. And also, if you're in a position where you can help us, become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. We're talking about $5, 10 or $20 a month. Um, we've had a good 2022, but we need 2023 to be just as strong. Um, so please, if you're in a position where you can help us, uh, if we want to keep the podcast alive, we definitely need more people to come on board as patrons. So go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. So Don. One of the grand mysteries of our game is you and I both see an awful lot of kids and, and families that are investing in really nice bats, really nice gloves, spending quite a bit of money to have the quote-unquote best of the best for themselves while they're playing, and then turn around and basically treat that equipment, in my opinion, a little shabby, a little less than it deserves. So I want us to just do a little quick discussion today to remind our coaches that one of the things that we should be helping our players understand and be more aware of is that that equipment that they have is important for them to value it, to treat it well, and to do a few simple things to make sure that they're keeping it in good shape so that they're going to get as much life and as much use out of it as they possibly can. Corey, like you said, we're spending and investing quite a bit in a lot of this equipment, and to take care of it really makes sense to me. I know I'm probably a bad one because when I was young, when I had a bike, it was always clean. Everything was always put exactly where it was supposed to be. So, you know, my glove was just one more of those things that every time I put it up, it had to be wrapped with a ball in it. And if it needed to be conditioned, you know, we back then it was oils or neat split oil or whatever. Right. But, but the glove would be conditioned and it would be put in the same place in my bag so it didn't get all wrangled and tore up and we had a routine. Right. And I just took care of things that way. And then you knew if something was missing, it wasn't where it was supposed to be. Times have changed. I can tell a lot of times by the way somebody takes care of their equipment, if they're going to be a, a great ball player or not, you know, when, when you get them out there to practice. And, but that's kind of been foiled for me now. It doesn't matter how they take care of their glove. They might still be a great player, but they're not taking care of their stuff like we used to. Right. Well, one of the things that I think has happened is that. So much stuff has become kind of disposable slash uh, replaceable. So true. And part of when we were growing up, when I had my first really nice glove, I knew it was going to be a long time before I got another one because I earned the money to pay for it. Right. And back then it was taking newspapers to the recycling place and, and getting a quarter or taking soda bottles back to the grocery store to get the deposit money. Been and there. Yeah. slowly but surely, you know, the quarters and nickels and dimes in the jug would get deep enough that it looked like, hey, I probably have some real money in there. Then I would count it all out. And then if I was lucky enough, it was hard to get. Yeah. yeah. And so having said that, for anybody who, who doubts it, 
I still have the same Cesar Cedeno autographed Rawlings glove that I had that I played with in 1975. And you can play with it today. Now, I don't use it anymore. It's it's a, a keepsake now. It's a, a memory piece for me. But it still looks like it did when I was playing with it because I would tighten it up when it needed tightening. I would clean it when it needed cleaning. I would, as you said, put it away properly so that the pocket was always protected. It didn't have a spare tire and my book bag and three or four bags of luggage and everything else thrown on top of it, bent all you know crazy while it was in the bottom of the trunk of the car. It was treated with respect, and, and, and I think a big part of it was because back in the day, if you wanted a nice glove, mom and dad usually said, well, you know, get a job, wash some cars. Deliver you know, some papers. Pop, yeah. Shovel, shovel some, some snow, snow, whatever it is, <laughs> you know, and, and when you get enough money, you can get yourself a glove. So unfortunately, I think, you know, that doesn't seem to be happening very often anymore. And a lot of the stuff that we are buying anyhow, it's very hard to keep something that or find something that's going to last. You know, the high-end bats now really do have a shelf life. You're not going to buy a great bat, a super high-performing bat now, and expect it to last for three or four years because just the way they're made, the way they're designed, um, you know, they do have that uh, point of no return. But there's a big difference between a bat that has to be replaced because it's been used up versus a, bla- a bat that has to be replaced because it's been abused. abused. Just a couple of things. So things that we should be helping our players understand. You know, let's talk about the glove first because we've already talked about that a little bit. Every day when they get done using their glove, it should be put away, and it should be put away with a ball in the pocket, and it should be put away with a rubber band or a hair tie or a Velcro, um, whatever strap, you want to yeah. get that's going to keep the ball in the glove and keep the pocket protected while it's in your bat bag or backpack or whatever it is that it's going to be stored. When you put it in the bag, we need to make sure that it's put in a spot where it's not going to have tons of other stuff packed in on top of it. You know, it should be in one corner that's kind of protected. It should be on one end of the bag where, you know, nothing else is going to get pushed in there that's going to be smashing it down. It needs to be put in the car on top of the luggage, not at the bottom of the luggage, right? All those different things. So take care of your glove is number one. And and the reason I think... The glove protects you, Tori. Right. You're having a ball hit at you at whatever mile per hour, whatever level you're playing at. That's what's going to stop it from hurting you. Right. And it needs to be in the proper shape or in the same shape each day. Right. Not like been wrangled and pulled out and reformed just because you pulled it out of your bag. Right. I see some gloves that clearly are in such ridiculously bad shape that it's, I mean, it is kind of life-threatening that somebody is out there playing with them. (laughs) And I've seen some really, really good players with really, really rough-looking gloves. Yeah. Yeah. And it just amazes me. No, it it amazes me too. But the other thing that I was going to say that when we talk about a super high-end glove, a super high-end glove is something that should last you forever. Yep. There's a Might spectrum. Be relaced yeah, or whatever. There are, yeah. there are kind of disposable softball gloves or baseball gloves, just like there's disposable other things. You know, and there's some that you buy that are a lot less expensive, that are really soft and floppy when you first get them. They feel like you can play with them right out of the wrapper. But if you get a good glove and you break it in well and you take good care of it, you should have it 30 or 40 years from now, and it should still be a good glove. You, yeah. can, you can still get a backup glove or whatever right. after that, but it should last. Yeah, And as you said, you might have time. to relace it or, or retighten it or a yeah. little bit of that stuff along the way. Maintenance. Um, my, my Cesar Cedeno has been re- completely relaced twice. Right. Because it's the first glove that I ever did relacing on that I kind of taught myself how to do it, which I now do 
you know, three or four gloves every week. Cesar Cedeno. Um, yeah. Outfielder played for the Houston Astros. There you go. He was a really big name guy back in the day. No, I know the name, but I... Stan raises a good point. If, if somebody buys a high-end leather coat or you have really nice leather seats in your car or you have a really nice leather couch in your living room, do you treat those leather items with the same cavalier attitude that we treat our glove? Chances are not. You know, you, right. when, when you spend $300 on a jacket, you're going to do everything you can to keep that thing nice. You don't wear it out gardening. And, right. But you spend yeah. $300 on a glove and then we throw it underneath the spare tire, fold it up backwards, and then we expect it to, to stay in shape. It's just kind of a, one of those things that aggravates me. So number two is the bat. So obviously high-end bats we talked about already, they are not going to last forever. You know, one of the things that I have this discussion all the time, people get so frustrated because a really good bat, let's say it's $300, $400, $500. Well, for $500, that bat should last forever. And the reality of it is the bat business is a little bit different. When you pay $500 for a bat, you're paying for what it can do for one second, not what it's going to do for one year or two years or three years. And while it would be nice if we could have all that performance and have durability, we know that in the bat world that you get one or the other a little bit more than uh, than you would like. But here's some things that kids do all the time that take the potential for a bat wearing out sooner or later and make it sooner. Number one is knocking the dirt off your shoes with your bat. Cleats, the metal cleats. Especially the metal cleats. Now, I think it's a bad habit for everybody. But it's an especially bad habit because younger players, when they're wearing the molded cleats, the rubber or the plastic, they get used to knocking the dirt out of their cleats with their bat, and it doesn't really tear the bat up as much because it's plastic or it's rubber. It's still bad for the bat, but it's not as bad. This is another plus for uh, turf fields. Right. Then you don't have the, the clay up. Well, but then you got the you got the little rubber pellets in your turf shoes. But the reason it's such a bad idea. That 10-year-old that's wearing rubber cleats or plastic cleats one day. is one day going to be wearing metal cleats, and they're still used to banging the bottom of their shoe with their bat. But you got to get both, both sides, inside, right. outside. And so, you know, the number of bats that I see, the people have spent, you know, three fifty, four, four fifty, five hundred $450, $500 for that have dozens, if not hundreds, of little nicks in them from where they've hit themselves in the shoes with their bats is, again, if I had a nickel for every one of those bats I've seen, we wouldn't be asking for patrons, right? Right. So second one is cleaning your bat. If you hit a lot, what you start to notice, and especially depending on what kind of softballs you're hitting, that little chunks of leather, it's almost like it melts onto the bat. It's like the, the heat of the collision between the bat and the ball. How about the red ink? Yeah. You get the red ink scuffs. Yeah, and... But the, the leather, to me, the little hard pellets that kind of get stuck to your bat, that's a really big problem because it's one more area that if it keeps getting hit over and over again, it's undoubtedly going to lead to a faster crack of the bat. So, you know, cleaning your bat, you know, it doesn't take a ton of time, you know, a, a little magic eraser and a little Windex. Kind of a plug, isn't it? Yeah. You, you know, magic th eraser. 30 seconds or yeah. 45 seconds, your bat looks like it's brand new again. Wipe it off nice and clean. Put it in the proper part of your bat bag where it's going to be protected. And then again, Put it someplace in your house where it's not going to be chewed on by the dog or run over with the vacuum cleaner or whatever it is that could potentially be banging into it, running into it. When you put it in the car, again, on top of the pile of luggage, not at the bottom, 
I've seen some nice neoprene sleeves that kids yep. are sliding over. That, that's a, a new thing now that I've seen yeah. a lot, and it's another good idea. The most important thing, especially when we're you know, living in parts of the country where winter and winter practices are a real thing, your bat should not be left in the trunk of the car. It shouldn't be left in the back of the truck. It shouldn't be freezing hard overnight, and then you expect to use it the next day. If you're someplace, you know, we talked about the indoor tournament up in Wisconsin at the beginning of the Everything Fast Pitch podcast this week. It sits in the trunk. Yeah. And what should happen is when you go into the hotel, that bat bag should come in, be you know, sitting in the corner of the room, staying warm overnight, getting into the warm car with you in the morning, staying warm with you as it walks into the building and staying warm all day. The bucket of balls, too, probably, that you're going to take BP with. Yeah, but definitely you can, as the player and the parent, you can control that that bat's in the hotel room with you instead of in the the trunk of the car, you know, on a 20 degree below zero night. Yeah. So, but taking better care of your equipment and again, you know, all the other stuff that goes along with it. The last time I've seen a kid show up with shoes that were obviously cleaned or polished or spiffed up before they came to the ballpark will be the first time in a really long time. We used to clean our shoes every I, I used game. To, yeah, no, if, if, if you showed up to one of our practices with dirty shoes, you were going to pay for it. it there was a price to pay. And we even had, I mean, of course, now I'm sure it'd be called hazing or whatever, but you know, back uh, in my day, you know, the rookies, that was one of the like initiation things is, you know, every rookie player would have to polish the veteran player's shoes at least once. It just seemed like game story were just like this magic thing that we got to go do. So preparing by cleaning your shoes was not a big deal. Right. And, and, just... and, and all that stuff. So, you know, taking care of your shoes again, is that a disposable item? Of course, you're not going to have the same pair of shoes for eight or 10 years, but while you're wearing them, we want them to look good. We want them to, you know, to do what they're supposed to do. We don't want you to be the kid that's out there, the bottom of the third inning, your shoelace breaks because it's been tied together in seven different places. It's been spliced together five different ways, and it doesn't even bar- barely resemble a shoelace anymore. Sorry, I get a tickle when we talk about the bats, too. We have, you know, people in the stands that have invested $500 in a new bat, and we've got a dugout that's a long ways down the line, you know, when they're all spread out. And somebody at the plate just, uh, you know, picks up the previous batter's bat and, and chucks it on back to launch it. And yeah. it's, and it's end over end over end. Yeah. Going, <laughs> and, and whoever bought that bat out in the stands is going, no, yep. you know, and the, the show all-star that you had mentioned yeah. a few times, I did get it on YouTube or whatever it was, or however yeah. I found it. And, uh, they had bought this new bat and then the coach is using it for, uh, hitting ground for balls, hitting ground balls, right? You, you don't use that bat for hitting ground balls. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny in some ways when we think about it. I I chuckle about it. You know, the coach calls for a bunt when the girl with the super expensive bats. Parents are mad because you don't. You know, you don't bunt with a five hundred dollar bat, right? And but the the whole idea of helping our players and parents see the the investment that they've made and still in our players, I guess, a little bit more pride, a little bit more accountability, a little bit more of the you know take care of what you have attitude. It's one thing I know. You know, my generation and and people of of my age, you know, we just grew up in a different time where you just didn't have the. I feel like I don't get it, Tori. I don't understand the mindset. Otherwise, right? Right. No, no. It's it's very foreign to me. And and again, you you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And and I think that's what's happening with a lot of these kids. They don't know any better, so they you know continue to you know to slide in in what I think is a a less productive direction. And so what I'm hoping that this. episode we'll do is just give everybody the opportunity to take a look at it and next practice 
have a little thing. Now, you, know, you remember Kathy Riley worked with us, did some oh, yeah. camps. Yeah. With her college kids, first day of practice, she taught them all exactly how they were supposed to treat their equipment. That would be, you know, day one of practice for their college kids. And when you would play against one of Kathy's teams, all the gloves would be lined up in a really neat row. Or all is the she, bat. Is she still coaching? No, she, she retired. Okay. Um, but all the batting helmets would be lined up perfectly straight. Uh, you know, all the bats in the rack were hanging up. You know, no, nothing was just tossed in the dugout. Nothing's just leaning up against the fence. Everything was treated like it was the most respectful and most important thing. And her kids played with a lot of pride and they played with a lot of that attitude. Mm, yeah. And so I think you know, we can instill a lot of things in our players by just asking them to do some very simple things. Structure. You know, you know, we can and, have structure. You know, we, we always would talk about leave the dugout cleaner than you found it. Well, that's just you know, one example of teaching some kids some basic responsibility that's going to help them do a lot of other things later on that uh, are going to be way more important than keeping their dugout clean that set them up for doing a lot of good stuff later on. No, I think that structure is good for all of us, Tori, and have expectations and then be accountable for it. One of the things that really changed a lot, you know, back in the day, we had like six helmets for the whole team. Yep. So nowadays, kids each have their own individual helmet or but, in a lot of situations. But then you took care of it because others were sharing it. Right. right? So back when we had six helmets for the whole team, I'd be the one that would take the screwdriver out and, and make sure that the face masks were tight and, and all that stuff. But again, that's one more thing that parents and players should be doing for themselves. If you're out there with a face mask on your helmet that's loose and rattling, besides the fact that it's not safe, it's also a distraction. If you're the kid that's you know, got uh, everything held together with duct tape and electrical tape and, and zip ties, you know, it's not safe and it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. So, you know, taking care of your equipment, tightening up the screws, cleaning it. Why not? Take good care of it, you know, polishing it so that it looks good when you get to the ball field. All those different things. Again, it's just part of creating an attitude of, I'm proud, and, yeah. I'm taking care of it, and it's important to me, so I'm going to treat it with respect. No, I like all that stuff, Tori, and I don't think we talk about it probably as coaches enough either or expected of the kids. No, it's it, it's just one of those other things that we, we think of as not as important as you know doing a little bit more stuff. We have all practice. these other things. Yeah. But I think to me, what it does is it changes the whole outlook, attitude, and perspective of the team. The yeah. old you know, Deion Sanders line, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. If you play good, you get paid. There you are. If you look good, part of looking good is taking care of your stuff. No if doubt. If you look good, you'll feel good. Part of feeling good is your shoes look good, your helmet looks good, your bat looks good, your gloves in good shape, you've taken good care of it, so you feel good. Then you're going to probably play better. Now, I don't know about getting paid because it doesn't seem like there's a whole <laughs> lot of money, but Dion did. Yeah, Dion definitely did. So, Tori, but, but, and again, too, as coaches, everybody might have a little different idea of what level of all these things we're talking about uh, need to be in place for our team, but. I think the whole idea for me is that we need to make sure that this is something that we talk about and that yep. we have expectations, whatever they might be, and then stick to it, right? Right. And and you have to have some accountability. You know, one yeah. of the things, I'm sure this would get you in trouble nowadays, but when I would do laundry for our teams at Tennessee Tech, we had an absolute rule. The pants were always right side out and the snaps and zipper were always closed. You didn't want to have to do all that every time? Right, because I didn't want to have to snap them together and zip them up, and I know that if you don't snap them and zip them... And turn that, the right side in. Yeah, yeah. That, that you're either going to miss a stain, or you're going to tear somebody else's stuff up because your zipper is going to get caught on some of their stuff. Chewing on everything. Right, yeah. so it was just you know just that simple. And you know at least you know two or three times a year, I'd go to do the laundry, and 
somebody would have forgotten. And there was no big deal about it. There was no big thing about it because all that would happen is they would come in and in their locker, whatever that item was that was they get to wear it correctly, dirty. right? No, they it was clean, but it was folded up and sitting on the chair in front of their locker instead of on the hanger with all their other stuff. And that was the sign to them that they'd gotten busted for not doing what they were supposed to do with their equipment, which meant they then had to become the laundry assistant for the next two weeks. Oh, good. Well, I so, thought it would mean like you got to do some running or something. Oh, no, 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 no. It was laundry assistant. Laundry assistant laundry was, was not something any of our players wanted to do because I did the laundry first thing when we got back from a road trip. So if it was Sunday night at one o'clock in the morning and you were the laundry assistant that week because you didn't button up your pants. Tori, I knew you worked hard and I knew you did a lot, but I didn't know that you did the laundry too. No, I did the laundry. And That's when all. and the good news was I quite often had at least somebody to help you had me some a little assistance. bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but their job would be, you know, they'd be helping me scrub and, and soak and, and stuff like that. Cause sometimes it would be, you know, 15 minutes and we'd have, we wore our black for a whole pants. Team, it seems like a lot. Yeah, yeah, we wore our black pants so we could, you know, just give them a quick look to make sure that nothing was, you know, really tore up or or really stained. And you throw them in the washer and come back and and throw them in the dryer in the morning. But some weeks we wore our whites and it was muddy and grass stainy and we'd be scrubbing and soaking and scrubbing and soaking for an hour or so after we'd get back. Right. Sometimes you were the lucky laundry assistant, and we wore black pants that weekend. I was going to say, you guys always did wear black. Yeah, we wore black quite a bit, <laughs> but we did wear the white, too. So, But again, you know, and it wasn't you know, a big screaming match. You know, they, they knew the rules. Usually, it would be kind of funny because they wouldn't be the first one to see the jersey or the pants on their seat instead of on, on the hanger. When everybody's smiling at them on their way in, they yeah. Knew so that, that was so their turn. like you know, and of course later on when you know texting and all that stuff, you know, somebody'd come walking in and they come you know, around the corner and they look and the shoulders would drop. They oh no, I got busted because I didn't you know zip my pants up or whatever. So, but again, it's just you know that level of accountability, responsibility, you know, responsibility yeah. asking players to do something that's for the good of everybody else or for their own self, helping themselves more. There's nothing wrong with either of those. And Stan raises one other good point. We'll get out of here on this one. One of the things that our young players, you know, have grown up with so much social media and so much of the TikToks and all that kind of stuff that the hair bows and the you know, dance moves and all that kind of stuff, those accessories are, are really important to them. So my way of thinking, if, if somebody can spend an extra, you know, 20 minutes learning a TikTok dance or can spend an extra 10 minutes making sure that their hair bow is coordinated matching color and looks great uh, for the team pictures that same player can be held accountable to clean their bat after they're done put their glove in their bag the right way if it's an eight-year-old kid and she doesn't have the tools to adjust her helmet or fix her helmet to say mom dad my face mask is getting a little bit loose can you tighten it up for me no doubt so all right so that's going to wrap up number 178 again as always please support our sponsors the anderson bad company and become a patron if you can patreon.com slash everything fast pitch go to the fastpitchprep.com website or your square cuts training discs and as always please make sure you reach out to us with ideas comments or suggestions uh, everything fast pitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com for coach don mckinley our producer stan lewis this is coach tory saying thanks for listening we'll talk to you again next week